All right, good afternoon, everybody. This, this episode is for my world history class. We're diving in, talking about absolute monarchy in Spain and France. And I think the biggest thing to understand about absolute monarchy is kind of what that means. So an absolute monarch is a king. It could be a queen, but typically when we talk about things in world history, it's male-dominated, whether that's right or wrong. It's just kind of the way it goes. So in this situation, we're talking about men. And these men, what they did was they were kings that could do whatever they wanted. If they disagreed with the way you did something, they could kill you. And that would be completely illegal. They could sentence you to death. Absolute monarch essentially means you are a king, so you're going to pass on your legacy or your throne to your son or your oldest boy cousin or something along those lines, somebody within your family, you're going to pass it on to them and you're going to be allowed to do whatever it is that you feel like. You also believe that you have something called the divine power to rule, which means you believe all of your power comes from God. And if God gives you this power, that means God gives you the right to kind of do whatever you feel. Those are the main characteristics and the main ideas that we need to understand when it comes to an absolute monarchy. There's no telling them they are wrong because God told them they were right. And who are you to argue with God? That's, that's for your own idea to think about it in your own way. All right. With that being said, that jumps us into our next group. So we're going to first talk about Spain. Uh, Spain is going to be run by a, group, a family called the Habsburg Empire or the, the Habsburg family. And it's going to be basically this combination of two different uh, of two families that came together and their first son uh, was uh, Charles V uh, or the first one who was a part of Spain at least. All right, so Charles V takes over the entire Habsburg Empire, which is a lot of Germany and a lot of uh, the Netherlands and it's what's called the Holy Roman Empire today. It's central to, to Eastern Europe. That part's not that important, but he's also going to take over Spain. And when he takes over Spain, it kind of just leads to this big divide about who should be in charge of everything at that. So he divides, he divides the area up. He gives part of Spain to his son. And he kind of splits it on over to somebody else. <clears throat> when he did that, his, after he passed away, he gave Spain to his son, who was Philip II. Philip II ended up uh, ruling Spain for 42 years. And in that time, he did a lot of very big, prominent things for Spain. So one thing, he was, uh, he was Catholic, and he was super devoted, devoted to his religion, and he believed in the Bible very strictly, which kind of changed the way in which Spain ran. Uh, as a part of that, he also went through, and he was a big part of different wars throughout the area because he saw these areas that were Protestant, which is another form of Christianity. And he thought, listen, we don't want them to be a part of this religion. We want to take over this area so we can have more Catholic areas. And Philip II went in and he just kind of kept taking these areas. And then one day he decided that England, which had recently become a Protestant nation, needed to be saved. And when they needed to be saved, what they were going to do is they were going to send this huge armada or fleet, and it's called the Spanish Armada, and it happened in 1588. They're going to send 130 ships out to England to try to take it over. There was a problem. There was some weird kind of weather. Or as they went, they underestimated how quick and how kind of fast the English boats were, and England destroyed them. 
and scattered the armada and kind of sent everybody home or killed them. There was no middle ground and they just completely dominated. And this is basically the end of Spain's empire. Spain's empire quickly falls apart right after that part or right after this part. Now let's move on to a bigger empire that kind of stayed with us and stayed a little bit uh, more relevant as we went on. And that's gonna be the empire in France. The France empire was an, um, an empire that was divided for a very long time. And for about a hundred years, they went back and forth within various different wars over which religion should be in charge. Finally, in the year 1589, so we're talking 531 years ago, there was a guy who took over named Henry IV. And Henry is going to be the first ruler of what's called the Bourbon Dynasty in France. He was a Protestant, and he comes up with this rule or this law. He calls it the Edict of Not. Edict is a fancy word for basically law. And Not is the city in which he decides. So what this law is this does is basically says, listen, we're not going to prosecute people for their religion. We're not going to let them continue like, we're going to stay our religion. They're going to stay theirs. And we're going to have this religious toleration in our country. Now, this is the first time that that became... This is the first time it became a thing in Europe. Before it was, you were whatever your king was. So in our country today, Donald Trump would be our leader. Whatever religion Donald Trump is, all of us would have to be. And that just wouldn't work. After uh, Henry dies, you know, it's a king thing. People pass on. He actually uh, was assassinated in 1610. His 19-year-old son, Louis XIII, takes over. So when Louis takes over, he kind of takes over. And really what happens is that there was a man named Cardinal Richelieu. And Richelieu uh, was a Catholic who wanted to ensure that the Catholics got their power back. And so he worked really hard to make sure that they did. Louis XIII goes on to live a glorious life and everything like that. And by the end of it, the country was divided again. And once they were divided, he passed away and Louis XIV came over. And again, there's another uprising and another fight. And Louis XIV comes in and he says, listen, I'm putting an end to this crap now. We're gonna stop. We're gonna stop the stupid fighting. I am the person in charge. And as he becomes the person in charge, he puts everybody under him. He absolutely takes over all of this. And he was a great leader, a great leader to, and strengthens everything about it. He gives a ton of jobs out there. He builds up the French army. He gives people something to do. He spends a ton of hours. He spends all of his time working. <clears throat> He expanded, he made you think that you had a choice or a say when you did it. He was an excellent manipulator at how this works. He brings in a guy named Jean-Baptiste Colbert, and Colbert comes in and fixes the economy. Again, more jobs, all of this. And he decided that he's done such a good job that he is going to build something for himself. He's going to build a hunting lot in a city called Versailles. It's still there today. It's called the Palace of Versailles. And it is just filled with all this French culture and French art 
and all of these big, big, elaborate schemes and elaborate plans for this place. And it was going to just be his house, and it was going to be the new palace, and it was going to be the biggest, most wonderful thing that you have ever seen. Well, there became a problem with this by the time Louis XIV died because he didn't get to see Versailles the way it was. Louis XIV ruled France for 72 years. 72 years. He took over at the age of 19, and he ran for the next 72 years. But when he passed away, his son uh, took over a mess. The reason he took over a mess is not because Louis XIV didn't know what he was doing or didn't know how to handle uh, certain situations, but a lot of his things over the long term hurt him. So Louis XV uh, kind of takes over. And in that time that he took over, a lot of things kind of had happened. But we're going to get into more of that next week. So Louis XV takes over after the legacy of Louis XIV is deeply, deeply destroyed by a lot of the decisions that he made early on. Now, with today's podcast, I understand it was a lot of names. It was a lot of quick hits and quick things like that. I don't want to overwhelm you with too much details. I'm just trying to give you the quick basis of the story to help you understand it. If you're still stuck, that's when I need you to reach out to me. This podcast is going to be a way to help. It's going to be a way to so you guys can hear a voice that some of you have known uh, for the last year or more, and it's a way for us to reach our goal of making sure that we get out and graduate. Tomorrow, your first assignment will be posted up on Google Classroom. Be ready, be safe, be prepared.